So yeah, this is part of my conversation with Danny Walsh. Um, if you haven't heard part one yet, click off this, go and listen to part one, then come back here. Um, guys, you, you all like to laugh, right? I like to laugh as well. And and because myself and Ben Morgan like to laugh, we have set up a comedy night. It's called Red Cup Comedy. It's going to be at the White House Bar on April 1st in Farringdon, starting at 8 o'clock. We are going to have some... We're going to have some great stand-up comedians on the circuit and a TV headliner, and it's free entry, so you have no excuse. Get your tickets on Eventbrite and look it up on Facebook and Instagram. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Danny Walsh. Good. When you're not in the room. Oh, God, yeah. That, that's, that, you know, Dave Chappelle, yeah. Chris Rock, they have the phone. Because they know, it's. I think it's not even just on the level of being filmed. There's something about... The camera your, part... Te- ca- even if it's in your pocket throughout the whole show, there's part of your mind that is going, get your phone out, get your phone out, get your phone out. So I think removing that at the beginning of the show is actually yeah. a very genius move. I went to go see Chris Rock at Wembley when he did that. Yeah. And... Because I've seen him, I saw him live when he last came to the UK, and then that's um, mm. that's a couple of years ago. It changed the experience. Yeah, massively. And because you don't have that anymore. No. And if I had, and if I had, and if I did have my phone, I'd have probably instead of watching, because he had um, Jeff Ross MC and Anthony Jeselnik, Michelle Wolf. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. amazing. It's a fucking amazing it's lineup. Comedians. But. If I'd have had my, if you had, if, I had it, if you'd have been thinking about your phone, you wouldn't have. Well, I don't know. The phone's still in your pocket, but it's locked, and you've got to like, and you've got to go outside and then unlock it. If you didn't have that option, you'd still be looking to check Instagram. Yeah, that. just quickly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, quickly, or maybe like a tweet. Yeah. Watching Chris Rock. Watching just Chris quickly, Rock. Even though you're still watching <laughs> yeah. him. But so, uh, the, yeah, it's, it's weird because there's nothing, there's nothing else really like it. The camera that will just take your attention. Yeah. Even if it's like, like I say, your phone's locked. But there's been a couple of times where I've put my hand on my pocket here and gone, oh my god, it's there, yeah. right there on the table, and I can see it, and I'm still panicking. And yeah. that's that strange thing. And that's the difference between watching a clip on your phone and sitting, even in what you know, what level I'm at, yeah, above a pub or below a pub or something like that. There's something about being there. Yeah makes it different like that uh the the drunk lady i was talking about the heck she um she would have been fine if she was watching a clip on her phone yeah no one would have shouted at her told her to fuck off but because she was in a room affecting people and some the person who goes fuck off has got mental health issues um and and they even like didn't feel good about what they did but but she was asked a lot of times. So, yeah. You know, there were a lot of opportunities for her to stop. Yeah. She knocked a lot of people's punchlines. Someone was eventually going to tell her, I was going to say it in a nicer way, but someone was eventually going to tell her, fuck, fuck off. off. Yeah. So, you know, read what you sow. Exactly. But, so she should maybe stick to watching it on your phone or either like... wait till the gig to start drinking or just watch it on your phone at home. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm kind of I'm kind of at that stage now, right? Because we're talking about watching things like yeah. I really struggle to watch specials now. 
I really struggle don't, because then you find you're, you're like a, a carpenter walking around a furniture shop. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Do you know how all those joints are put together? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And because I don't just go to open mic gigs. I go to actually, I go to comedy clubs and watch. I have to go and watch. I have to go and watch like the lineups at Just a Tonic yeah, or so yeah, there now. Yeah. So, and there's nothing, nothing like being in the room. The camera cannot pick up that emotion. It can't. What do you feel is the difference in energy watching the different types of gigs? Like if you. Say like you're a bringer, yeah. not performing, because that yeah. makes a difference in how you view a gig as well, I think. But say you're a bringer for someone, and then compared to when you when you buy a ticket for Soho Theatre to go yeah. see five professional comedians, yeah. or for whatever, yeah. um, what do you think is the biggest difference out of the two things? Um, what do I think? Obviously, except for quality, because I'm, I'm not saying judge like someone who's done five gigs versus someone who's done yeah. a million. Except for I'm quality. saying sh- um, the, the show, just obviously the, the level of professionalism. There's, I think when I'm a bringer, there's occasionally the hope that I might be asked to go and do a little set if someone if someone's been cancelled. So yes. I'm a little bit So you've not, always got that hope. Uh, a little bit of hope and a little bit of and until up until literally up until very recently I've sto- I've sort of begun to not feel this. I've sometimes felt like oh I I wish I could go and say it. I wish I yeah, could go on. Yeah. I've started to not feel that now and just relax into it. But I think when I'm a when I'm a punter I'm literally just there to not ju- well. I'm there to enjoy the comedy, but also I'm analysing it at the same time because I selfishly want to get to the point where I'm at Just Tonic or at sorry. And theater. they go, oh, go on, yeah. jump on. Please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Very lovely. Like Dave, the legend of Dave, where I've seen I've seen a three and a half hour video, of Dave Chappelle where he turned up at, I think, the comic strip. I think it was the comic strip. And basically, it was mostly a a few British sort of student types in the audience. But they were basically over in New York doing spots. And Dave had turned up and took this British comedian, open micer, that took his spot, but just went on. And it was like, he kept... The reason why why it's, it's amazing is because he was going like up until past two two thirty in the morning because he kept talking about this sushi place and what time it shut and he wanted to get off stage and go and catch this sushi place but he just kept talking. Yeah, it's like a f- almost four hour video. It's wow. just amazing just he because he would just turn up and people go yeah of course you can go on. It's like an angel. I think it happened for Louis C.K. before just before the, the stuff thing happened. Came yeah. Out. Um, he turned up an angel out of nowhere, and they put him on. I you see. I I get why why I get why promoters do that. Yeah. But I think as an act who knows what it's like to be on the open circuit, that's fucking selfish. It is a bit, but. And I get it. But, but you you could you can kind of see how those people be stuck in between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Because that, especially in this day and age. That is something that could get you a lot of online attention for a couple of days, at yeah. least a few days, 
and will make a difference to your gigs in the couple of weeks following for sure yeah because then people go if I go down there I might he might pop up again yeah might pop in again I oh, yeah. see him or it might not be him might be someone else oh no I completely I get so, that but, but but as the act but I remember feeling torn about it I remember thinking yeah but if that was me I'd be like fuck fuck Louis CK he could go on anywhere anytime why are you taking my spot I need to practice I want to get to the point where I can just walk in mm. so let me especially say like if you if, if say it was your first closing spot yeah or like it was your first ever closing spot and then like the next night you're in a really important semi-final gig and you were putting everything on that last chance to practice yeah that then I think that should be taken into account and go look listen I tell you what we could extend the night but I'm letting that fella go on yeah or you just could you wait five minutes he's, yeah. he's got five seven minutes spot could you wait yeah and if they're not willing to they're an arsehole yeah. I, I don't care if they're Louis okay or not yeah. they're an arsehole that's it that's like I was saying in the beginning, I like newbies. I like yeah. seeing newbies. I like seeing newbies. When I was running Happy Laugh weekly or twice weekly, I saw people over the course of months go from being gig 20 or something like that, and then they're semi-finalists, finalists. They're getting on this gig. They're doing really well. I've seen I've seen a lot of people progress, and I, I love that because it reminds me that it can be done. Yeah. But also, um, yeah, it's just inspiring. It's, it's inspiring to watch other people without connecting that to a comparison. Yeah. That's what it's so hard not to do, but without connecting it to a comparison, I still think it's important to watch our, watch your peers and watch yeah. everybody else like you're doing, like yeah. you're getting out and watching gigs as well as yeah. doing your podcast and and, and do, doing gigs yourself. Well, I think I think the beauty of what being well from what you did when you started the Happy Laugh Off thing you get to probably watch comedians grow mm. Mm. because your gig was or still is a new app the material gig yeah. and those are so fucking important yeah 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 and because you're doing it like that you get to watch acts who are going from zero to 70 to 100 to 100 at some point it, and that's a beautiful that's like watching an egg hatch isn't it <laughs> it really is it really is um yeah saw some people come in but i but what what i loved was i grew more during that period of having laugh up and growing then i had all up until that point yeah. starting it i grew more because i found sometimes i was more brave i felt more brave to do a little bit of a different thing or I felt more brave to just go up with just a topic and just talk about it because you'd see other people go up and go you see how nervous they were before a gig I'm trying this new angle today I'm trying this new technique and I'm not sure it's not my style and then they go up and you watch them go through the motions of doing it it might not go well it might go brilliantly that very first time and then they, they might not find it again the next four times but then they properly find it and it's good every time and so to see the evolution of bits and the people behind them and then yourself it's, it's there's so much to get out of that mm. and i didn't realize how much i'd miss it the, I, I didn't miss the admin 
No. But I missed it. Do you have someone else doing it with you or is it just you doing it? What, the admin? Yeah. Well, before, my partner was, like, she was actually really up for doing my email. She was like, please, please, let me, <laughs> please let me do it. Because I, I got to the point where it was overwhelming and I'd let it be overwhelming for too long. So I wanted to stop. And she was like, no, no, just carry on. I'll do your emails for you. And she was like, proper up for it. But then this time around, it's only once a month. So it's not too, too difficult. I've, yeah. got, I've got a few. I've got to catch up on a few because uh, I was ill this month. But, yeah. but again, I've got my next two lineups are already filled up the others I just need to allocate to the months after but it's not stressful because that's I'm talking June July it's a couple of months away. so uh, this is like as someone who's starting the gig up um, do you do, when you do the Google form do you get them to so I never did Google form I I, I just made a, made a Gmail address a Gmail address okay and I just get emails because it's small time it's not a lot the when I should have done the gmail forms is when we were twice a week because that became very overwhelming um yeah so set up a gmail account and then do you post the date so you want to but you might be better off doing a a gmail form you might be I Mm. don't I I didn't look into it that much but I I should have looked into it more and got that started up on on gmail forms because it just I think as an act, it kind of makes the application process a bit easier as well. Yeah. Because um, you can get lost in an email. Yeah. Because when it's just questions and answers, you can go, oh, easy. Yeah. So I don't have to be able to, you know, uh, eloquently write an email or make sure it's structured properly or write a sign off. I can just write here 150 gigs. Yeah. On stage, you call me. Freddy frog pants or yeah. whatever you know so yeah I think it might be worth setting up a Google phone yeah yeah that's what we, I think that's what we're thinking yeah so I might have been to get back from holiday then we'll probably then we'll probably so what um have either of you got previous running gig experience like ben, I do, well, do I, I do sort of because I've had a lot of experience I've done tech for I've done tech for you a few uh, not just well I've done, te- I've done tech and that for that and I've done running on as well but I've also done tech for a couple of other nights for long for one for very long term until it, until the bar shut it into uh, no it was Monty's it was Monty's in the bar so, oh yeah. yeah yeah so I used to do tech for Monty's uh, every single every every Monday so okay. I set okay. the, I set it up for the whole week and guess what okay. and obviously MC so I've got an idea of how to do lineups because of this I've been speaking to agents and stuff and I've sort of and I've almost closed the first two headliners for the first two months and um, from this I've also got I well done ad, done admin as well yeah, yeah. so run my own gig no but had experience with, have heavy experience in dealing with other people's gigs and semi-managing nights on the off. Yeah. Okay, okay. What advice would you give me for it? I don't have any because, like (laughs) I say, mine... um, So there was, like, there's Happy Laugh Buff, which is new at new material, but obviously structured with... Bringer Fives, Sevens for people who've been coming for a while and you've seen grow into that point where they can do Sevens, mm. and then Tens. Um, 
tens I did use used to try and have the tens be people that have been going a while that are really doing like pro gigs and maybe even a little a couple of like BBC free clips or clips from the telly. Yeah. But then sometimes it might just be someone who again started on doing fives, came every week, two weeks, seen them grow and grow and grow and it's just yeah, it's time for you to have a tent. Mm. Uh, so it wasn't always like necessarily someone who's doing super super well, but they were someone who had grown within Happy Laugh Bar. So they deserve it. So that's they deserve it. Sort of how I'm gonna. That's sort of the idea of how we're gonna be running one part of our one so part be, of our game. There'll be parts right, where so, people can move on. So three. So three open. Three open ten spots. And one one paid fifteen, but we won't be advertising the paid fifteen. Yeah, the thing. You saw that yourself. So we will yeah. personally ask the acts who we hopefully. So yeah. be the ten That's spot, better. Yeah, if you take that's what I find. If yeah. you take that away, because then my emails just just suddenly became all sevens, because the sevens were bringing free. Yeah. But I didn't advertise the tens, so I used to stop advertising the sevens. Yeah. And just try and book those myself, and just advertise the. Price. The thing is, if you hand pick them, if you hand pick them, it does make it. It does. Um, it gives you a lot more. Uh, it gives you a lot more. I don't want to say authority, but it gives you a lot. Yeah. I can't get. I can't get the words up, but I think you know what I mean. I know what you mean. It's not. They're more grateful. Yeah. Because you thought of them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I had the same with Divine. Divine was me asking people. Yeah. Can you do this gig? Will you do this gig on this day, this long? Yeah. Uh, non-bringer. Like Divine was a non-bringer. And Divine would have worked better at where I did the Redan. Weirdly enough, because she did a lot of help. So that's the lady, same lady now. And when I went there on Thursday, I just felt so comfortable. Good. I felt like she, she told her staff about the comedy. She told her staff to tell the the the, uh, the punters in the pub about the comedy. She yeah. was making sure we had the lights right. When do you want these tellies off? When do you want the music off? You know everything. So. I think that's the best piece of advice is try and have a relationship with the venue. I've already sure. I've already started that already and I've Good. got a positive one a positive well hopefully a positive one with Good. the venue that I've got or that we've got. Not yeah. I we yeah. we've got. Yeah. We've got. And don't push Ben out, yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait till the end. Wait just till near the end and then go drop Ben and get out. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. No, don't. To be honest, I don't think I could do a gig on my own. Well, it's better so, to run two people yeah. running it together. Then one, like, when it would come to me, if I couldn't make a gig, I'd panic because it's like, fuck, who else is going to do it? But eventually, like, when there's two of you, one one of you cannot be up for it and the other one can be. Well, one of us will person. be, how it kind of worked out, is one of, us will, one of us will MC, one of us will do a seven or ten spot and then we'll flip Switch. it, flip yeah. each month. Yeah. And we've got a three month trial period. So and once and once that trial is over, we'll speak to the, we'll speak to the venue, see what's working and what's not working. Is is promotion on you guys or is it on the venue? Um, or are you taking joint? Like, sort of joint. We're providing the promotion, but they're going to promote it within the pub. Good, good. So you need, you need that to happen. Yeah. So happen. we, I've got in contact with the the wonderful William Stone, 
Nice. And he's doing the po- he's doing our posters and stuff. Just brilliant posters. Yeah, I know. So good, so good. Some of them. Uh, uh, he, he did a really good one recently. Can't remember who it's for now. But yeah, no, I love his I love his posters. Well, I sent well. I sent him the design about what we wanted, and he was like, "Yep." Yeah. And he'll have that done in the week. So I sent that. I'm gonna send that to the send it to the venue. Do you, you want to say now? Or you uh, to have all your images and logos. Wait until we have all the images. Yeah. Actually, I'll tell you. <laughs> Yeah, wow, the, <laughs> that's so, a great name, isn't it? The, the Dead Flamingos. That sounds like the a Dead great Flamingos. Name. Yeah. <laughs> sounds yeah. great. Yes, uh, that's it. Dead Flamingos no. at the. I know what it is. I like the name. I like the name a lot. Um, and you don't? Do you know roughly when it's going to be going, or you? Just, when or when? When you're starting, roughly. Yeah, couple got, a, got a start date. Cool. April first. Oh, nice. No, it's not, is it? You're lying. No, it is April 1st. You're trying to fool me? No, it is April 1st. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking it won't work because you have to do it on that day. Yeah. That you're talking about. No, it is. It's generally April 1st, so it's like... Brilliant. It's scary to think that now other promote that. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. scary. It, there's a, trust me, those, those, those days, even if it's once a month, this is what I thought wouldn't happen. But on Thursday, I realised it will. Um, on those days, you'll be focused. Everything else will be so hard to enter your brain because you'll be so focused on the gig. Even like, say, when you wake up in the morning, you'll be like, tonight, tonight, yeah. tonight. Is everyone going to turn up? And we're going to have dropouts. Anyone going to be there? Yeah. Who's going to be there? Oh, where's Ben? Why's Ben not answering? <laughs> It'll just be like it, it will be all day. And um, again, that's 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 another thing that I'm trying to learn to balance out because yeah. it can. That it can very easily be that by the time you turn up at a gig, you stressed out way too much about it to be able to enjoy it, to be able to make it good, to maybe make it run smoothly. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Just uh, that's something. That's another tip. Be aware of the fact that it will be. It'll be a tough day on those days. Yeah. Yeah. On the days of the, uh, you running a gig, you'll be. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. I can. I'm kind of I'm kind of mentally prepared for that, but I think that nothing can mentally prepare you for what yeah. can what is what is going to happen, whatever's going to happen, no, because no. it is. Uh, one thing I've I think what's always stopped me from starting up a gig is that I don't want to be part of a failure. Okay, but we can't be afraid of that in yeah. general as stand-ups because yeah. failure is our pile of phoenix ashes yeah we need that pile for the egg that's right for the golden fiery egg i um, love the harry potter reference by the way just general phoenix reference uh, <laughs> harry potter, if anything uh jk rowling harry potter didn't go into phoenix enough no uh, just 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 a note <laughs> might might help you yourself sure. but uh yeah, but, about, but, stop, but, stop. but it is it is a very relevant thing. I've heard a lot of people say the same thing. You, you bring up the phoenix when you talk about what it is to be a stand-up, is to go up, to die, and let yourself rebirth to go back up again. Yeah. And that's what we do. You, 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 you a bit. It's so weird because people. I didn't believe it. I was like, no, you can you can get to a, a great bit without having it fail. But you can get. I think you can get to a good bit without yeah. it ever failing. But as soon as that bit bombs, 
at least three times, I think that's when you can then get a great bit out of it. Yeah. Because when you've got a bit that's going right for a while and then suddenly it's just not working for you, you go back and go, right, what's going on? And you might listen to an old recording of it finally. And you go, oh, okay, I can hear what went wrong that time. And you start to drop that then. All right, I keep saying too many things to the audience between that word and that word. That's why I'm losing them. I'm going to get rid of that. And then it, like, it takes the bombing almost to make you go right i need to go back to work on this on this bit here because you get complacent you get bored of the bit and maybe a bit too cocky sometimes on the other hand so yeah i definitely think you need to become that pile of ash to 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 dwell in it to let it soak into your skin and actually accept the fuck's sake i bombed I really hate it. Bomb three times, and I need to work out why. Because you don't want to taste that feeling anymore. And um, you go around going, no, it wasn't me, it was them. No, it wasn't me, it was the MC, which I've definitely done, especially when my mental health is low. You want to blame everyone else, you just can't accept that it it might have been you did something wrong. Of course. Um, But you don't grow. Yeah. You don't grow. That's right. Right. Me. So don't be afraid of the failure is what I'm saying. No, because that will not. that will almost entirely it's the same thing as trying to trying to win a competition, uh, focusing on the prize of a competition. You you're just not gonna be in the in the place where you could deliver the best part of your performance. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and the night will suffer for us. Yeah. Like this it's all gonna be on event bright and schedule and that and that kind of stuff. So we're gonna Amply ram it down people's throats. Get a card reader. Get a card. I've already got that. Good. I've good, done. Good. Yeah, we've had him on that. Um, and I think also, even though it's not going to be a bringer, it will. Um, if people are looking to do 15 spots, how well they promote the night will be taken. Will probably be taken into account. Cool. Do you know what I would say as well? Is I would say don't underestimate the the pool of wealth. Uh, the pool of knowledge that um, that people who run open mic gigs will have for you. Yeah. People who they they will know who does well all the time. They'll know who does well sometimes. Who's consistent? Who drops out a lot? They will know all of that stuff. Okay. So it might be worth picking a few. I've... A couple that run regularly. A couple that run from time to time. Creating a WhatsApp group or something, yeah. and having that group there to go, right, I'm booking for the next couple of gigs. Who's doing well? Who's not doing well? Who's reliable? Who's not reliable? And have that, and, yeah. And and know that, okay, I trust their work. People that you trust, obviously, it has to be people that you trust. Yeah. Because then you have you will know who's who's doing well, who's who's good at writing, who who's good to cover a 5, a 10, a 7, a 15, whatever. And I think that would be... So is that of, of open mic promoters, that sort of comedy promoters, right? Of gig promoters, right? Or, yeah, yeah. Because they watch gigs in different in a different way to yeah. acts. So acts might know who they think is doing really well. Yeah. But again, that might be the people they hang around with more. Yeah. Who are good comics, but they hang around with them, so they favour them yeah. by, by chance. Mostly... The promoters will have a, a good idea of 
an unbiased angle as well oh. of, of who's objectively worth yeah. booking on a semi-pro gig and yeah. who's not. So I've already got. Would you be up for being a part of that of that Facebook group? That no. Group? Okay, great. I'm saying, I'm saying other people. <laughs> other people. <laughs> no, I don't know if not necessarily part of the group, but if you want to ask me, you, and it doesn't need to be a WhatsApp group because maybe you want them to be more honest. So maybe yeah. it might be worth just one to one chat. Doing or, having a few promoters that you speak to one to one because then that's not going to taint what they want to say or yeah. Like that. So sure. maybe the WhatsApp group is a bad idea. Um, but just talking to people yeah yeah chat, chat to people who run the gigs with chat to people who run gigs with like because a gig that has progression within itself yeah would be good for you to know how people have moved within that gig so you, you might then find out that yeah I, I did book him for two tens yeah it, right, it might work like this you get an email hi I've done tens at this gig this gig and this gig alright well I know I value the, the opinion of two of those yeah. people. Send them a message. They say you gave them a couple of tens. Yeah, I did. And that might be, yeah, I did, they're worth it. Or that might be, yeah, I did, but you know what? They've struggled to fill the 10 minutes both times. Okay. They're, they're at a seven level at the moment. Yeah, okay. A bit more. Um, and you can use that information without letting them know. Do you know what I mean? Not, yeah. Not that it needs to be secretive or anything, but you, without it hurting anyone's feelings, it'll just say, you, you don't have to say, okay, I'm going to follow that up and check out with ABC promoter, yeah. whatever, and so that they know what they've been saying about them or whatever. Well, it is, it is all about curating the correct lineup, isn't it? And yeah. I think because if you're presenting it as a semi-pro yeah. gig then yeah. the quality needs to be taken into account yeah it? so. and also on what on what I think we're going to be well what I'm hoping we're going to be doing is looking at whoever we managed to book for the TV headliner and see who would work with, yeah. in relation yeah. to them yeah yeah of course yeah yeah alright so extras <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I forgot about extras, yeah. Um, so, mate, I've, one of my favourites. One of my favourites. So, from what I've gathered about, well, from what I've gathered about it, it's because I've seen one episode and I've seen some, I've seen clips. Yeah. Like, it's Ricky Gervais playing a actor who, is, well, a struggling actor. Andy who, Newman. And Andy Newman. Who Literally, man, new man, almost as if to tell everyone, this is not Brent. This is, this is someone completely different. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was still written by him and Stephen Merchant, yep. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, St- but Stephen acts in this one a lot more. Yeah. So he got to, again, that gave him a whole new view into what he does as a, as a filmmaker. Yeah. As being on the other side of the camera. Uh, especially when it comes to him talking about... This is this is the one, one of the shows you always get with Ricky Gervais, but the outtakes are almost just as good as the actual finished product. I yeah. The outtakes for extras are fantastic. There's so many great... Uh, some takes that last 30 seconds took the four hours to film. Mm. They just couldn't stop laughing. Because once that thing... Again, it's the mind blocks of a comedian even. Mm. Like, when there's that bit that's just not working, you can't make it work, where you just can't stop laughing at mm. this one word. It's taking you four hours to film and every minute that you're there is costing thousands of pounds and you know you're, you're meant to be in charge of the show but actually you're the one making people laugh the most yeah. and that that comes through all that stuff that happens behind i think you can feel in the finished product there's yeah 
if, if they were like strict, no one laugh, everyone shut up, this is it, I think it would have affected the show in a negative way. So you've seen one episode? I've seen one episode, but I kind of get the gist of it, because I've seen, yeah. I've seen clips over the years, and a lot of it is him speaking to actual actors, yeah. or work of actual actors, but they're playing heightened in inverted commas yeah. versions yeah. of themselves. More exaggerated versions. Yeah. So uh, people, I think Ben Stiller has definitely been uh, been called like a dictator yeah. kind of director sometimes. Yeah. But, um, but I doubt that he's to that level. But from what I've also heard about comedy direct comedy directors, if they want to make good comedies, yeah, it's not always a pleasant experience. No, no, because it's still a process behind yeah. getting stuff right and getting angles and yeah. changing it. Long days still. Um, have you heard of an actor called Simon Rex? No. He was in Scary Movie Three and Scary Movie Four, which is directed by David Zucker of okay. the Naked Gun of Naked Gun yeah, fame, right? Yeah. And what even whatever you whatever you thought of the films, I thought I thought they were pretty good to yeah. be honest. But when he was when they were making the films, they weren't allowed to improvise anything. It was like a strict machine because they had to get for the comedy to work, they had to get the gag completely right. I completely disagree. I feel like you, there needs to be a bit of looseness because I feel like especially with comedy it you need to be able to improvise like like the stuff of uh, the corpse scene with Ricky Gervais in extras yeah uh, so there's one line where so he says to his his partner in the scene he says I'm just going to add one word mm. to the end of this sentence obviously he's the boss so he can do that so but she went off um and she's thinking, oh no, what stupid word is he going to add in to make me laugh? He's going to say something ridiculous. And all it is, instead of saying, I can't tonight, I'm having dinner at the Ivy, he literally added the word restaurant. <laughs> so because it was such a mundane, regular word, that's what made her laugh. And so, in that again, 30 second scene, you don't see all that. It's like an iceberg, isn't it? It's like the tip of the iceberg is, is, is the bit of TV we actually get to see. But then when you see the that playful environment backstage, that gives you all the stuff that's underneath the water level. And I think you need to be able to improvise. What do you think? Do you, but, but, do you uh, think it worked out better for the film? In a scary movie three. Yeah. Um, to have that I, rigid, rigid sense. Well, I think it worked in that context, but I think because it was, a, I think the reason, I think the more major the the, ma- the more major the franchise or the more mainstream the product, mm. the less chances are take the less chances are taken. I don't know because Taika Waititi gets big budget films and he takes a lot of but no, yeah, improvisational but, angle. But in the bigger but in the bigger budget films like the Avengers and stuff, I don't. I think that there's less improvisation than there would be in like an in more of an independent film like Jojo Rabbit. Well, it depends. I think it, there's again there's a lot of variables. I think it comes into obviously who the director is yeah. will make a big difference if there's somebody who needs it to be a tight ship then it will yeah. be and they will get actors that are used to working tight ships to yeah. do that and that will work out but then you might have someone who's who's loose like if you had Tiger Waititi but gave him no control of casting and gave him lots of straight laced actors yeah. that project is less likely to work than if you give Ty, uh, Tiger Waititi 
a group of people who have always improvised but can also do the stick and script stuff and are much more open to trying new things mm. that all makes a difference so yeah i think a project that is going to be more loosely structured is going to have a team that is that wants to do loosely structured yeah. stuff you know so um I think both both types will bring out a good good product. Yeah, I mean, definitely you'll get a good product out of both. Yeah, uh, I personally feel like you should allow a little bit of room for someone to change change a couple words in their sentence yeah. at the last minute yeah. to get that different angle because you might get a reaction to that if if both characters are in the scene and are in the role and are like if. if if whoever builds the characters, whether it be the script writer or like a, a character, someone who's in charge of the characters, if they've done their job right in explaining to the actor who the character is, they'll they can react to anything as the character. Yeah. So if someone does something a little bit different, you're gonna get a brand new thing that you never even thought of when you sat down at the computer to write. You're gonna get a brand new moment. And if you catch that on film, or if you catch that in rehearsal and you then write it down, it's something that's grown out of it. And it's almost a little bit more pure because it's the same as what we do when we just take an idea on stage yeah. and suddenly we end up with a 10 minute bit on fish fingers or whatever, <laughs> when it just started from an idea. So I, as, a, as a comedian, I think, if I was ever on a set, I'd like there to be a little bit of looseness and yeah. allow, like community. Community is a very open thing where certain scenes they go so and so says something funny about something and that that scene will just be okay, give us some of your best improvised lines on this and you could get ten takes of it. So like there's takes of Troy and Arbed doing the same scene but they're trying different avenues. What if he said this? What if Batman said this? What if Batman said that? And yeah, um, I don't think you'd get that from being so rigid. I no. think you'd only get what the writer wanted. Yeah. But I think even if I was writing things, I'd want to write it with. There'd be certain scenes I'd write where I go. Well, actually, I'd see what the actors would find out about that. So I'm not going to get too specific. We would write it as a scene, but I'm not going to be too specific with what I want them to do. Let let that be something where the actors could have a bit of fun because I can tell that scene will be made better by allowing the actors to enjoy themselves. I think with everything, it depends on the producers and the and the studio executives that, um, or the level of involvement they have. Yeah, for sure. I think with something like the Scary Movie franchise yeah. that had the Weinsteins very much heavily involved yeah. in that in that in that pie, and from what I've known from what I've heard about the wine about the wine season how they produce their films like the issues that like Wes Craven had with them they are probably the well were at least the most hands-on things in the pie producers you could probably come on yeah. you could probably you could probably some, come to some fantastic projects that come out of that oh yeah but then some absolute dog shit have you seen Cursed no that was like Wes Craven's werewolf movie of 2005 and that was shot in 2003 reshot almost completely in 2004 and had to and um, went through about two or three reshoots and then was released as a fucking mess in 2005 but I think a lot of these studios live off 
the reputation of some of their best stuff. Yeah. While a lot more of their worst stuff has managed to get hidden. Yeah. Um, it's actually, if you laid it all out, you'd see that it was either equal or yeah. more top heavy that there's bad stuff too. Yeah. So, it, it, I don't think... Yeah, because you see a lot of creatives, especially writers, I think, and directors, who get annoyed often by some overbearing production notes. Yeah. Having to change things in the script yeah. for stupid reasons. Yeah. And, uh, changing a character because of political behind the scenes reasons yeah. and things like that. And, or adding a character out of nowhere that throws the balance off just because they they fought this thing that might affect the film negatively whereas I think the things that stand the test of time the things that get the best fandoms are the ones that write for themselves yeah that, that, like, like Dan Harmon's following it's is, insane is, is the type of following that I would love to have because they're not everybody yeah. but they're they're so I, I, I call myself part of that because I, I love everything he does I could watch him speak all the time or I could watch a show he's, he's, he's made and that is what I'd like to be as an artist myself I'd like to have someone who, who writes for what they want to write and not just for what audiences might want to hear yeah. and then the people that will react to that will be similar minded people people that I will be happy to engage with as I even find myself weird saying it, but fans, you know, like as fans, thinking that one day we might have fans. Yeah. Um, I still find that tough to go, oh my god, fans, I'm gonna open my car. Yeah, should be even saying the word fan, unless it's hot in August. But you know what I mean? Because I'd like to have some sort of a relationship with any kind of fandom that I end up having. Yeah. I'd like to be involved, I'd like to talk back and forth. I wouldn't like to get to the point where I'm not trying to appeal to everyone because when you when you have everyone, there's a lot of cunts involved. Sorry, can yeah. I swear? Yes, okay, yeah, cool. go for it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of wankers in, in the yeah. world. So when you're appealing to everyone, that means you're you're presenting to everyone and you're more likely to get a lot of wankers on board. Whereas if you just if you just make your art as you want to make it mm. then you're appealing to yourself and that will be appealing to the white people the fact that you're appealing to yourself whereas if you like sell out again extras is a great point of this yeah. because it kind of mirrors ricky's actual experience with the office because he, he, he they were so sure in their piece of art again like i'm saying now they were so sure in what they'd made that they were able to be sitting with the BBC saying, well, we're either executive producers or you don't get it. And the same thing happened with Always Sunny. Rob McElhaney, Charlie Day, Glenn Howerton. Rob McElhaney in the meeting with FF, FXX said, uh, I'm exec producer. So is Charlie, so is Glenn. And we're also the writers. Or we don't do it. And there's people who would be scared to do that, but there's also, if you've got a good enough project, if you've got nothing and you take that stance, people go, okay, cool, see you later. Yeah. Whereas if you've, if you've got faith in your project and you can see that the, the people who want it believe in it, yeah. and you know you believe in it, you can take that stance. You can, you can hold on to your creativity and say, well, you're not taking your creativity out of 
my thing. But you can run it if I can still be in charge. Yeah. And I will respect every professional that you have worked with me and their decisions. If they know more about something, you have to be willing to at some point let your ego take a hit and go, actually, he is more experienced as a director than me. So in this directorial decision, I will let him be king. Mm. But overall, my decision when it comes to writing and all that sort of stuff, that's me. Whoever my characters are, I created them, so they're part of me, mm. and I want to keep that control. And that's what I, I want to do. I, I don't just want to make something just for the sake of making it. Yeah. I don't want to... And that uh, again, that's extras. The one I watched earlier to try and sort of catch up is... Uh, he takes a stance. This is not what I want. I don't want stupid glasses and stupid wigs. Sorry to spoil it, but eventually. Yeah. But again, it's, it's years and years old. Um, <laughs> I should have caught up by now. <laughs> his, his sitcom makes it onto yeah. the BBC. The BBC picks it up. and But they take over. The producers and the head of comedy is like involved, changing things. Oh, this character, we decided to cast Keith Chegwin in the role. And yeah. he's like, does he even act? He's a presenter. It's like, don't, <laughs> don't worry, the name alone will bring people in. And it's like, but that's not what I want. Yeah. They give him a funny set of glasses, a funny wig, and they make him... There's something that he says once. Are you having a laugh? But it becomes... The BBC go, oh, we'll, we'll write that down. That'll be a catchphrase. Oh, like, I don't want it to be a catchphrase. And so it's kind of the opposite of what he actually did with The Office. And it yeah. goes to show that the show gets ratings. It, that's not the problem. The show does get ratings, but everybody that comes up to him goes, "This show's shit, mate. Oh, it's yeah. a shit show, but at least people are watching it." Yeah. And I'd rather have like five hundred thousand people watch something that I'm happy with than In like two million. Six, yeah, four to six million watching something that has just been just. It's not what I what I started with. It's not my idea anymore. I so, think, I think the beautiful thing about comedy is that it is so polarizing yeah like yeah you can't like um, i took some friends of mine for a christmas present I, I took them to go watch a lineup at just tonic and it took me like two three days to actually find a lineup which would which would suit everyone every which yeah, would suit yeah. everyone yeah. because it's just so polarizing but that's great but i think that's the best thing about it. Not everyone's gonna, uh, not everyone's gonna no, like you, you and that's okay. You gotta accept it, and that helps even in the situation with, you know, when you when you allow certain comedians to get in your head, or yeah. or a certain venue, yeah, or anything, or even just if your mental health is playing up and you're yeah. in a good place and you're going, you're telling yourself everything you do is not just stand up. Everything you do is terrible and worthless and pointless. That all that affects you on stage and all that affects how far you can see yourself going if you can't see yourself going the places you want to go then it's so much less likely you're going to get it yeah i mean if you can't vision yourself being a even a semi-pro comic then you can't vision yourself being a professional yeah so i think it Belief in yourself, but also self-awareness enough to know when you need to work at something. Balancing those two things will do you as well as writing every day, as gigging every day. Yeah. I don't even think gigging every day is a good idea. But the you gym, need to have like one day off. Yeah, you need to have a rest day for the gym. You have to have a rest day for your brain as well. So 
you need time to think about how gigs went. You need to, you need time to get over a bad gig or or become humble about a good gig. You need to do like you can't just. There's, there's definitely no room for complacency in no. stand up. If, if unless it is just a hobby or yeah. or a, a therapeutics pastime or whatever or something you want to do as a career, you you. Yeah, you have to balance a lot, but mostly those two things, I think. Yeah. But mostly uh, a, a bit of being humble when you need to be, and a little bit of going, come on, you're, you're actually better than you're giving yourself credit for when you need that as well. Yeah. Make sure to always do that. Don't only bring yourself down when you're on a high. Pull yourself up when you're on a low as well. Yeah. When generally, or whether it affects your stagecraft or your job or whatever, but I think just generally, that's very important and that should maybe even be taught at a younger age. Yeah. To teaching kids, look, your mind as you grow is gonna, by nature and by shortcut, start to only point out the negative things. So you're gonna have to be aware. I've got kids and I grew up having to learn my own mental health which takes a lot of falling flat on your face and taking you to dangerous places and dangerous situations and my kids have suffered because of my mental health enough so if I talk to them I'm kind of helping them to break that cycle and by my age they should be in a much more stable place Hopefully, yeah. that's the idea anyway. You've got to be honest with kids and you've got to teach them the things that, ain't, that aren't taught in schools. You know, I can help them with their maths homework and their English homework, but someone needs to tell them that uh, um, that mental health exists and, and sometimes you're going to not feel like yourself. And here's ways that you can work that. Make sure that when you feel that way, your urge is going to be to keep it to yourself and keep quiet, but actually make sure that you mention it to at least one person who can help. And yeah, it makes me think about the future more than I ever did just having kids. Definitely. I think we're going to have to wrap it up there, man, because that was yeah. a fucking brilliant chat. Oh. <laughs> uh, where can people find you? I'm sorry if we've talked no, too you long. No, what do you mean? Oh, it's no. been brilliant. Like, what we No, um, Joe, I'm, lit- I'm not even going to really edit it. I'm just going to literally cut it in half, and then people, they'll nice. be part one and part two. Like, nice. fuck. Brilliant. People can sit through. People can sit. Yeah, fuck it. So yeah, where can people find I do find that that makes a difference, doesn't it? Video length. Yeah. You'd much rather watch two parts, and you might watch both parts if they're an hour long rather than a two-hour-long video. Yeah, that's it. Strange, isn't it? Well, you can find Happy Laughcraft uh, every third Thursday at the Dickens Tavern in Paddington, very central. You can get, um, like, railway services from Paddington or multiple underground services. District Circle, Bakerloo, Hammersmith and City. Um... Where else? I'm just I just generally gig around London. Danny Walsh, Danny Boy Walsh sometimes pops up. I'm starting to get more into gigging now. Nice. You can find my news thump articles. Yeah, baby. Which ha- this actually works. Um, my partner brought this to my attention just recently. If you Google Danny Walsh news thump, the every, every, everything is all the articles that I wrote for news from so you'll have the most recent one which is about Boris Johnson do find that one and give that one a lot of <laughs> give it a kick on the, the site 
give it a lot of on-the-site attention because Facebook, for some reason, is, is not working out as much. But if it, however many clicks it gets determines whether or not I might get Another a, de- a, de- yeah. a decent bit of payment out of it. No, because you could get some payment very low for, for the way they operate. But if you get one that gets really a lot of attention you could get sometimes maybe up to 100 pound out of it which which helps you know just for an article um so yeah you can read my news from articles you can follow me on facebook on the happy laugh page or danny boy comedian yeah, that's and Dizzy Waters, yeah. Dizzy Waters, on Dizzy Instagram, Waters on Instagram, Dizzy underscore underscore Waters, uh, which is just D W. <laughs> but just also Dizzy Waters is like, you know, mental health conditions. I feel yeah. like it, it represents that, like a like a hurricane. So yeah. life is like a hurricane. <laughs> Um, childhood, just see how pure it is. Yeah. This, this, just as a last kind of thing to say, we it's so important to keep that child like like I see you can see some stand-ups and they're just miserable and you think and they could they could be they could work but I think to keep that little childish play playful side of us like I said earlier about chimps playing into adulthood as a means of learning to communicate with each other. I think it's, it's great and we remind the world to do it a little bit and it's, yeah. it's, it's great so definitely go out and support comedy whether it's at an open mic gig or at a polished glamorised lovely professional gig um, just support the you live you get something art. different out of both types yeah. so it, when you see it being made from scratch there's something fascinating about that and then when you go and watch finished products that's just purely enjoyable so, yeah yeah Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Definitely, thanks for having me. We did the we did the hand we did the the handshake that no one can see. Love it. Yep.